Hello, and welcome back to Base Calls. I'm Henry. I'm joined here by Seb. Seb, how are we doing? Doing pretty good, Henry. Uh, excited to talk about our baseball confessions today. Maybe you can uh, tell the viewers, or the listeners rather, more about that. Yeah, today we're going to be you know, talking about some of our baseball confessions, things maybe we don't want to normally say out loud, but today we've, we've created a safe space for us to give our, our most shameful baseball confessions that, you know, maybe not shameful, but you know, stuff that we're not going to be saying all the time. So, you know, I, I know we both read a few, written, have written a few down. Seb, do you want to get us started with your first confession? Yeah, I'll start with a juicy one. Um, so the Rangers recently unveiled uh, their new throwback jerseys. They're kind of like the 70s style jerseys. Uh, and I personally do not like them and think that they're extremely goofy. Um, I like their other uniforms. But uh, I'm really not a fan of these throwbacks. This doesn't even feel like... What do you think about that? This doesn't even feel like a confession to me. You confessed this to me right once Right once I, I saw them because I like them a lot. I think they look very nice. I like the, the throwback look. I like the hats a lot. Personally, these are a, a, well, yeah, are a slam dunk for me. You, but... you confess it to me. Now you're confessing to everyone else that, that you don't like these. I, I disagree. Well, yeah, this is a strong disagree. My opinion out there. Well, I well, said this was a safe space, you... but I don't... I don't know if I agree with you. I, I know I don't agree with you. I think the listeners at home should be looking up these jerseys right now and, and staring in awe at how beautiful they are. Well, when the listeners search up these jerseys, they'll understand what I mean when they see that it looks like it was drawn by a, by a children, by, by a children, by children uh, at like Walmart or maybe at a McDonald's play place or something. I don't know. To me, it just looks very kitty and goofy. And I think maybe what makes me like them less is that I'm actually a really big fan of their other jerseys that they just got last year, I think. Um, there's not, like, one jersey other than this one that I don't like of the Texas Rangers. So, personally, I just feel like this is kind of a pointless throwback because it doesn't look that good. Well, this is a this is a safe space, like I said, so I'll let you have that one, but... This is not something. This is not a confession that I'm happy with you, you, you putting out there. Maybe we'll have to make a poll and, a poll. and see what what people think about. Yeah, it. So we, we will can... be make sure to check out the base calls Twitter to see whether you like these jerseys or not. Uh, yeah, our, well, I've got pod. the base calls pod Twitter. I've got a very special confession of my own here. Um, I don't understand why players don't just steal more. Like, are they going to throw you out? Like, I feel like most of the time when you steal, no one throws you out. No one's going to stop you. Like, if you're against the Jays and, like, Kirk is behind the plate, what's he going to do? He's not going to throw you out, probably. If you're, like, slightly above average speed, just steal every time you're on first. I, I don't understand why people don't just do it all the time. Well, I mean, I think it depends who you are, right? I, I know you just said if you have slightly above average speed, but, you know, half the players are average or below average in speed, right? So there's a lot of guys that, that can't steal. And even if you can, you're still gambling even with like a subpar catcher behind the plate like it's not like these guys don't have arms like they're going to be able to throw you out sometimes and if you're on if you're on first with no outs let's say why would you risk running into an out when you've got hitters behind you that can probably drive you in especially like in a situation like that you know maybe if it's like one out and you want to try and avoid a double play I can see that but I think there's a lot of situations where 
it doesn't always make sense to steal. I just think the odds are always in the player's favor. Like, I know you're going to get caught sometimes, and that's going to happen, but if you're like Tyler O'Neill, why aren't you stealing every time you have a single? And, like, I know eventually catchers will catch on, and maybe then you have to stop, but, like, if you're the cards, why are half your players not stealing every time they're on base? You know? I get what you're saying. Like, I, I definitely think that guys should steal more, but at the same time... There are a lot of players that can't steal, and it depends a lot on the situation. I think if you're a guy that can steal, you should... I I, I think where I sit on this is, if you're fast and you can steal, you should. But I don't think everybody should just try and steal. But there, like like you said, Tyler O'Neill, there's no reason why this guy shouldn't be swiping bags. He's got elite speed. So I guess on that end, I agree with you. I I mean, yeah, just like... To, to finish up this point, Ricky Henderson stole like 9,000 bags or whatever, and, and, and that's not happening anymore, and it's upsetting, and he did it all the time, and I need players to start doing that again. Henry, did you even check that number? Did He, he did not actually steal 9,000 No, of bags. course he didn't. My baseball reference isn't working, though, so I have no way of checking or not. Well, I have a terrible, like... Well, you know what? I'm going to check right He's, now. He didn't steal 9,000 bags. I, that was an exaggeration. No, I know he didn't steal 9,000 bags. It sounded like you were <laughs> wondering if he did. But I just want to see how many he did. Okay, he's... He like 8,500, uh, I think. 1,406. Yeah, so not too far off from 9,000. Which 9, was the most ever. Most ever, whatever. I think, I think yeah, that needs to be broken. Most ever. I mean, uh, you know, Ricky Henderson was stealing 100 bags a season early on in his career. You think somebody's going to do that? No, I don't think they will do it. I think they need to do it, though. Yeah, and get caught. I want Juan Soto to spend his all his whole off season to start turning walks into doubles. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to see it next year. See if yes. it comes to fruition. I guess so. All right. Well, you're up. Give me your give me your next confession here. All right. So, I guess I I wasn't always on this on this side of the argument, but I'm officially on board for robot umpires. Now I I feel like I'm not really confessing too much because umpires have been like pretty bad to start the year and so i think a lot of people probably share this opinion but i know there's also a lot of people that like would never want to see robot umpires but i think i understand that like people are not perfect and they're not going to be able to ump games perfectly and that's all right but some of the games we've seen so far especially from guys like angel hernandez it's just been really bad and when you're watching your team and you see the umpire screwing you over it sucks because especially in a close game you want your team to win and sometimes a bad call can can really shift the tide of the game yeah I, you know before the season i think i kind of always like understood the the argument for not having robo arms just because like the art of framing is is real i appreciate that um and it is really really hard to see the strike zone from behind the plate like i think it's it's under appreciated how difficult it is to call strikes that being said, they're, like, not good at their job a lot of the time this year. Like, it's really bad, and, and I know it's hard to be perfect, but robots can be perfect. So, it's in a situation where, like, you see things like the Schwarber call uh, with Angel Hernandez, where it's like, you gotta go. So, th- this is a confession that I can I can get with for you. And, you know, maybe don't, you know, sit, tell this to the umps, but... So yeah, that's that's how I feel oh. about it. Okay. All right, Henry, do you wanna you wanna give your next take here or your next confession? Yeah, this is 
this is something that I've been thinking about for a while when looking at the sort of teams that are successful and winning a lot. I think if you're a contending team with enough good pitchers, uh, this might sound redundant, but if you're a competitive team, you should just be like trading your top prospects to win the World Series. Like this is this should just be your plan. Like I know you want to have a future, but if you have a window right now and you have holes that you need to fill, you should be trading your top prospects to do everything. Like the Red Sox, they traded Moncada for Moncada and Kopech for sale. Uh, that you know led to a World Series in 2018. Just looking at like the teams in recent history, a lot of them are are like guys like Mookie with the Dodgers, guys that they gave up top prospects for to get like on their team on their team in the moment, not like five years from now. And I just think as much as a prospect could provide you value in the long run, nothing's more valuable than a World Series. And if you have a top prospect, just get rid of him. He can't do anything for you this year unless you think he's coming up. So yeah, you just got to get rid of him. Win a World Series. Yeah, I kind of like what you said there, Henry. I mean, I think if you have a guy like like a Bobby Witt or like like a top top prospect, maybe not a guy like that, but well, I think that's different too, though, because the Royals be are bad. Yeah, but like still, like if you were like the the Dodgers and you had the best prospect in baseball, I probably wouldn't get rid of that guy. But you know, maybe like your second, third, fourth, like guys like that. I mean, I guess you saw that with the Dodgers. Like, they didn't trade Gavin Lux. He's still on the team. He's their t- He was their top prospect. And yeah, but they got rid of, like, Kabert and Gray. Last year. Yeah, they traded, like, their, I think they're number two and number three. Exactly. Well, I, um, I think they were their number one, yeah, too, I mean, at the I don't time, think, weren't they? Were they? Or maybe maybe Lux was up already. Lux already graduated, okay, I'm pretty sure. Uh, okay, well, just forget I said anything then. But, yeah, like, the team's priorities, like, if they're contending, should be to win. And, you know, like... If you trade your prospects for good pieces, if you're able to hold on to a core for, I don't know, even like a year, two, maybe three years, while you're winning, you spend that time bolstering your farm system again so that when those players eventually aren't under contract anymore, you have young guys in your system that can then come up. And that's kind of like the purpose of having prospects. Like, not all these guys are going to come up. There's just not enough room for them. They're... You use they should be used to trade, and uh, get more talent on the field. Yeah, exactly. I, I I would rather have a player I know is good right now than a player that might be good two years from now. Yeah, and there's so many busts with prospects. Like even if a guy is a top prospect, there's absolutely no guarantee that he's going to be good. Exactly. All right. Well, know. you know I've I've confessed to that. You got another one for me here. Yeah, I I feel like what I've said so far are more like takes. But this one is more of a confession. I will confess that I was sleeping on Francisco Lindor, and I know it's only been like 20 games or so, but I'm. it was definitely a foolish thing to be sleeping on, on Francisco Lindor coming into this year. I think, I mean, obviously this guy was is an all-star, borderline MVP candidate in the past. And, you know, I, he wasn't great in the six-game season, but a lot of guys weren't. And in 2021, he moved to a new team, and, you know, in New York, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations. I think now he's he's kind of more settled in, and is pro- and I think he's going to take off and, and do really great things this year. What do you think about this, Henry? I think it's interesting that I feel like we both might have been sleeping on Francisco a little bit, but we still had him pretty high in our top 100. Like, we, I think we had him in, like, a top four, top five shortstop. But... Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I feel like that's just kind of to give him the res- like respect 
But was that necessarily us thinking that he was going to be really good this year or us just being like, oh, well, like Lindor was good in the past, so like we can't put him too low? I think, you know, Francisco Lindor has really good like adjusted numbers right now. But if you look at it, this is more like around his, his career average. Like right now he's got an 853 OPS, which is a, a 156 OPS plus when he had an 854 OPS in 19, which is a 118 OPS plus, which is obviously just... You know that that massive gap in OPS plus is a result of league-wide offense being down, and I, I he has been really good. You know, he's always been elite with the glove. I don't know if I'm I'm projecting a Francisco Lindor MVP season, but yeah, I I do think it's possible that you know I'll confess to that too. I think it's it's possible that I I might have been sleeping on Francisco a little bit, mainly just because you know that bad Mets juju. But yeah, I, I definitely I definitely think that we could have given Francisco a little bit more optimism entering the season. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to win MVP, but I I could see a top 5 to 10 finish. I mean, there's some dogs in the NL, like Soto, Acuna, Don't Sleep on Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, guys like that. But I think especially with that defense at arguably the most important defensive position, and he's probably the best guy defensively, I think that really helps him out too. And if he can be good with the bat, I mean, that's one of the best players in the game. Do you think if he has a good season offensively, there's a conversation about him and Tatis? Like, who's better? Yeah. Do you think there's a real argument? I guess it depends how good he is offensively. And also kind of depends what Tatis does this year with him being hurt. And we have to see, like, when Tatis comes back, like, can he play short? Because that's been a question. I mean, if he can't and Lindor's good with the bat, maybe I'd give it to Lindor. I'm not ready to say that just yet. You know, I still have Tatis above Lindor because of that crazy bat. But uh, I honestly, I don't think it's that unlikely that that could happen. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I, I respect your confession, and, and in this judgment-free zone, I think I, I think I, I, agree, I might agree with it a little bit. Uh, I got a, a confession here, actually relating to a, a player who was a teammate of of Lindor's last year, and I. I've thought about this a lot, and this is no disrespect towards this player. He's a good player. But was Javi ever actually, like, that good? Was Javi ever, like, the guy that I feel like a lot of people have made him out to be? Like, I think Javi's always been, like, good, like a notably above-average player, but I don't know if Javi's ever been, like, that guy that people, you know, a lot of people seem to think he is. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, he's no Lindor, obviously, but I think this is a really strong player i mean he's got really good defense at shortstop like we just said with lindor and that's extremely valuable and while he strikes out and whiffs a ton um he's got really good pop and you know he's not a five tool player but he's he's at least like a three or a four tool player um and i think people probably got a little excited with him being second mvp in 18 uh, but he only put up a 129 OPS plus, which is very good. But like, you're expecting more from a second and MVP. But uh, I mean, so far with the with the Tigers, he's been good. He was good with the the Mets last year. So, I I I will disagree with you, but I see where you're coming from. I I do think that he's like a guy guy. Yeah, I. You know, to clarify again, like, I don't think Cavi's bad. I think Cavi's, like, a good player. I don't, like, disagree with the contract for Detroit. I think he's a great guy to have in that room. I just think that Cavi's, like, 
not one of the better shortstops in the game. I think there's a lot of really good shortstops in baseball. I don't think Javi's one of the better ones. I think he's great defensively. I just don't think he's as good as a lot of people seem to think he is. Yeah, I definitely get on board with that. I think he may be a little overhyped, but still think he's good. All right. Give me your next confession, bud. All right. This one is... Well, I, I, I know what you might say about this one, and I'm going to preface this by saying that I don't really have much to back this up. It's more of a claim, but I don't think, and I know it's early, but I don't think the Mets' success is going to be able to, to be sustained. I think, like like you said before with the Mets' juju, I think something, like, if something bad could happen, it will happen to the Mets, and I feel bad for Mets fans because I have nothing against them. But I feel like there's always so much optimism at the beginning of the year, especially this year. And in baseball, things just don't always go the way you want them to go. And whether it's, I mean, I know they already lost the Grom, but whether it's another injury or somebody doesn't perform well or some drama, uh, I think they're, I would not put my money on them winning the division. I still think it's the Braves' division to lose. Um, obviously with them winning the World Series last year, and I know they haven't been off to like the hottest start, but they just got Acuna back, and I still think that's the best team in the division. Yeah, I mean, kind of like your last take there, I, I, I guess I would also have to confess that I don't actually think the Mets are that good. Like, I, I like Lindor. I think Alonso's an above-average first baseman. When everyone's healthy, that's a really good rotation, like one of the best, but I think there's a lot of like really inconsistent bats in that lineup that I don't trust to to win a division or, or 100 games over a full season. They could maybe sneak into the playoffs. I, I know I'm like sounding really negative towards the Mets here, but like you said, they have like bad juju. Like the Mets, I don't know. I don't know what's up. Ever since the Dark Knight left, stuff is not going well for them. <laughs> well, like I don't think they're a bad team. I think they're a good team. I just, there's always something that happens with them. It's like, it's like the Rays. It's like anti-Rays. Like the Rays look like they're going to be bad, and then they just end up being good. And the Mets are the opposite. They always look like they're going to be good on paper, but there's always something that that goes down. And it's like it's weird because I like if you're asking for proof, like I can't give any. Like, but that's just how I feel. Yeah, that's that's I think it's a fair a fair assessment. And you know, don't don't get too down on your team, Mets fans. But you know, be be a little bit concerned about that bad juju. Uh, I got a, a a confession here from from last year's award voting. Actually, I know at this point it feels like, you know, a lot of people are are so like Corbin Burns had the the greatest season ever. His advanced statistics were insane. His FIP was so good. I think Zach Wheeler should have won Cy Young. That's just that's just the way I feel. Zach Wheeler should have won it. Uh, we've definitely talked about this before. I I get where you're coming from, like. I think Zach Wheeler was really good. I think probably the main thing, like at least in my mind, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but the main argument for Wheeler over over Burns was just that he pitched like a lot more innings. Way he more innings. He pitched 213 innings last year. Yeah, he pitched. Uh, what? Um, he pitched f- almost 50 more innings. Yeah, and obviously the guy was dominant. He was second in Cy Young. I just think Burns. Well, I'm looking at Wheeler's numbers right now. He had a 2.78 ERA with. Or what was his ERA plus? Well, 150 ERA plus with 213 innings and Corbin Burns. 
Yeah, Burns are the ones that, so like Burns had led all the league in like advanced statistics. He had the best ERA plus one seventy four, really good FIP, uh, the best ERA. I just think when it comes down to it, for me is just that all those extra outs that that Wheeler got. Like, think about how many innings, how many more was it? It was sorry, uh, doing math on the on base calls here. Base calls is not a math show, but it it was like. 46 more innings which is like think about how many starts that is think about how many more like potential wins for his team that is i know like wins aren't a pitcher stat i couldn't care less about wins for this but like he's putting his team in in more situations to win he's providing more like Young is is more of like a best pitcher award than it is like he was the most valuable pitcher award but i just think like in this case he, he was just like did he did. He was dominant over a much larger sample size than than Burns was, and I think Burns was the, you know, the most dominant pitcher in the league. And I know they actually like they both received 12 first place votes. It was a super close voting thing. But I I feel like at this point a lot of like the advanced statistics community is very like Burns is an unbelievable season when he was like good. Like Burns was really really good. He won Cy Young, but I just think you know Wheeler was better. I mean, you said the award is best pitcher. And I do think that, like, innings and longevity is a quality of a good pitcher. I guess at the end of the day, it's what do you prioritize? Like, are you looking at production and innings? Or are you looking at just kind of total dominance when the guy was on the mound? It's like when relievers get Cy Young votes. Like, obviously they didn't pitch enough innings. And, like, I know relievers don't really win Cy Youngs anymore, and I don't think they should. But, like, it's because when they were on the field, they were just so dominant. And I think I think Burns was so dominant that while he did pitch less innings, it's, it's it was easy for a lot of people to be like, well, I don't care. He was, like, the best when he was out there. Honestly, I'm not really sure. Like, I'm kind of on the fence here. Um, but I definitely agree with your confession here, like, in the sense that there's definitely an argument that he – that he could have won Cy Young. And like you said, the, the voting was super close. Now that I'm looking at it, 167 innings is not very many innings for a Cy Young. Like, I think any. No, it's less. barely qualified. I think it's less than Snell, isn't it? Like when Snell won it? I'm not sure off the top of my head. Let's but, see. Uh, Let's see what Snell's all pitched in 18. Was it 18? Yeah, 18. He pitched uh, 180. And I remember even then people were getting on Snell about not pitching enough innings. And he had a 189 year, right? But at the same time, like, he was on the Rays, right? And that's, like, it's not his fault. Like, I know he doesn't, like, go super deep into games, but, like, if he gets pulled early, like, that's just kind of a Rays thing. Well, 180 innings is also not, like, an insignificant amount of innings. No. And, like, I wasn't really watching Brewers and Phillies games last year, but, like, I don't know what, like, in Milwaukee, like, I don't know if they let their starters go shorter. I well, mean, I think like, the big thing for Milwaukee is that they used the six-man last year. Milwaukee is a much better bullpen. Well, and they also used the six-man. They have a much better bullpen. Did they? Yeah, they used a six-man last season, which you know hurt their their starters. And like even Woodruff didn't pitch like an insane amount. I, th- I think Woodruff could could pitch much more. Actually, I didn't think of this before, but I, I got a bit of a confession here. I think Milwaukee's just got to like let their pitchers pitch more. Like I know you know, you got to save your guys, and I think they're using the five-man more this year. But like you got you know Bu- uh, Burns is I think he was he's both of our you know second best pitcher in baseball. For me, I have Woodruff easy top ten. I think Peralta's really good over a full season. That could be great. Like, just let your guys pitch. Let them try and go seven. Let them pitch every five days. 
I don't think they care though, man. Like they've got dogs in the bullpen, and like they know, like if they pull their starter, there's gonna be another guy that can go out and shove. Like in Philly last year, I mean, I know they improved a little bit, but like that team had no bullpen last year. They had to rely on Wheeler, and like I'm not one to give awards to like just because a team made the playoffs. But you look at Philly, they didn't make the playoffs, and Milwaukee did. And that's because Milwaukee had better overall pitching. And so Philly had to rely on Wheeler. And so that's probably why he got... Like, that's probably part of the reason why he got more innings. I guess that doesn't really answer the question as to who should have won Cy Young. I'm going to be honest, I don't really have an answer. Um, I feel like we've got lost in here, I feel but like the, the point is that... Told me Burns. That's fair, but I'm, you know... We've got lost a bit here, but the, the point is my confession is that I I think Corbin Burns is great, but Zach Wheeler should have won Cy Young. You got another one for me here? Uh, I got one more. This one's kind of... Uh, I don't is I don't know if low-key is the right word. It's not as flashy, but I kind of forgot about Mackenzie Gore, um, former number one prospect of the Padres. I think he dealt with injuries... Um, he kind of got moved down the prospect rankings, leaderboard, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he's come up. I think he's pitched a couple games this year, and he's yeah, been he had really 10 good. Ten strikeouts, didn't he? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go just kind of look on on Baseball Reference. Um, yeah, he's pitched three games, fifteen innings, with a one seven six. I mean, I know ERA isn't really like. Like, it's just three games. Um, but I think that's really promising, especially for a young pitcher. Um, you don't see a lot of guys just, like, come up immediately and, and make an impact like that. Um, and, you know, this is a guy that, like, everybody was talking about, like, maybe this is a bit of an exaggeration, but, like, people were probably, you know, comping this guy to Kershaw. Um, just as like a dominant lefty. No, he was that guy a few years ago. Yeah, they were people loved him. And he kind of like moves similar to Kershaw in a sense, like with the leg lift. It looks a little bit funky, um, but this guy throws gas and he's got really nice off speed. And I think people just slept on him because he was taking a little longer than expected to come up. Um, I guess I'm not really confessing to much other than the fact that I forgot about him too like I'm admitting that I forgot about this guy um and I shouldn't have yeah I I think another situation where I I'm, I might have to confess to the same thing here I kind of forgot that McKenzie Gore could be good but again you know back to my first confession or not my first one but one of my first confessions if I were the Padres I would have just traded McKenzie Gore last year and what would like what would you have been like looking for like, what do you think the Padres should have been looking for? In that I would have situation? tried to push for the the for Scherzer, or, or you know maybe get turn. I guess you have the Crohn's on at second, but I don't know. I would have pushed for someone because their their deadline last year just ended up being getting uh, Adam Frazier. Did they get anyone else? Um, did they get like a catcher? Maybe. No, I think they just went with Nola the whole year. But yeah, the, the like Caratini last year too. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I would have I would have traded him. But yeah, I think we were. I would also confess to sleeping on Mackenzie Gore. But we'll see how the rest of the season pans out. I got one final confession for the for our confessions episode, and I know you're not allowed to. You know, you get suspended and people get mad at you. I don't understand why pitchers don't just hit batters more. 
Like, if you don't like some guy, just, like, throw the ball at him. What's he going to do? Like, throw it back? What's he going to do? You can just run away from him. Just hit, hit him in the head. What's he going to do? Like, if you're... I, I think I've created a scenario where, you know, the perfect uh, formula for hitting a batter. Let's just say, for example, you're facing um, the Dodgers, and you really hate Max Muncie. I think what you do to start the game, you, you're, you're a little bit wild every once in a while in counts that either don't matter or that you're kind of in on. When you're facing a righty, you're a little bit wild into the lefty box, and then you do that for the first few innings, and when Max Muncy finally comes in, you drill him. Like, what's he going to do about it? He's going to go, like, cry? Like, he can't do anything about it. Pitchers have all the power in these situations, and they should be using it more. They should be drilling guys when they don't like them. I know, like, a lot of batters have been getting hit this year, and most of them kind of look like accidents, but make them look like accidents. If you don't like some guy, drill him. Well, Henry, I think it depends who it is, like, in terms of the hitter. Like, I don't think Max Muncy doesn't seem like a guy who'd be afraid to, to come to the mound and, and show you what he thinks about away. you hitting him in the... I, the I think you can run probably away. outrun well, Max Muncy. Are pitchers even that fast? Well, you got to be trained. Well, Max Muncy practices his running on the base paths. You got a pretty big advantage, though. You start running back, you got your second baseman at shortstop back there. They'll come maybe protect you. I don't know. Just run to the outfield. Well, I don't think that's a good look for you. I mean, whatever. I think... I mean, I if I was gonna say if you're in the National League and and you're pitcher hitting, they might hit you, but that's not no. Now you got all the protection so. in the world. What are they gonna do? Hit your well, DH? I think. Mm, I think one thing. You, I think you're forgetting one thing, though, Henry. What? If you if you hit a guy, he gets to go to first base. That Why sucks. Give a guy a base like that. Mm, I don't know. Whatever. Also, the suspensions don't matter either. If you're a starter and you hit someone, you get suspended for three games. You weren't going to play in those games anyways. It doesn't do anything. Is it three, though? Like, don't they usually go, like, six so you miss your start? Oh, well, yeah, sure. Even if it's six, though, you have, like, one delayed game. Now your guys get an extra day of – you get an extra day of rest. They throw one more guy in there. I'm not saying do it all the time, but I just think if you don't like a guy, just drill him. What are they going to do about it? Henry, there's, there's some things I could say about this confession, but – but as you said, this is a, a safe con- confession zone, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna not say anymore. I just want to, I just want to watch a league where people steal bases and, and hit people more often. Maybe you should create your own league then. Yeah, maybe I will. All right. Well. All right. Now that we're we're finished up with our confessions here, I have a, a really special game for Seb. Um, as you guys all probably know, the Oakland A's have a pretty barren roster so i've created a a game here called two a's and a lie where i'll be reading off the na- three names of players two of them are real players who have either pitched or batted for the oakland athletics this year and one player who has not played for the oakland athletics is, is not a, a real a's player and i want to see if if seb who, who i would say follows baseball quite closely uh is able to to figure out which one is not a real player seb you you ready for this I'm just going to ask one question. Is the one guy that's not an Oakland A, is this like a made-up guy, or is this just like somebody on another team? He's not a he's not a baseball player. Okay, so basically a made-up guy. Basically, I just took the name from somewhere else. Gotcha. So we have Domingo Acevedo, Trevor Penning, Mickey McDonald. Oh my god. Henry, I didn't expect it to be this hard. 
I don't know a single one of those guys. Wait, can you can you give me the names again? Domingo, Acevedo, Mickey McDonald, Trevor Penning. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Trevor Penning. That's your. You think that's the lie? You think he's not a real A's player? I'm not sure to be honest. I feel like I've heard the name Acevedo before, and I was torn between Mickey McDonald and what did I just say? Trevor something. Trevor Penning. <laughs> Trevor Penning. I feel like maybe you threw in Mickey McDonald just because it's a, a funny name. So I'm gonna go with Trevor Penning. You think it's? A, well, you would be correct. Trevor Penning was the 19th overall pick in the NFL wow. draft last night. Oh, and and this is perfect because um, I know absolutely nothing about football. While I know some things about baseball, my knowledge of other sports is quite limited, especially in football. That's maybe my my worst one. There. I just so, thought Trevor Tre- Trevor Penning sounded like the name of an Oakland A's reliever. Or like a first baseman. They could be anybody. Mickey McDonald, just Do you for have reference. Any more for me? This is all I have for today, but this is I'm gonna have a special bit for oh, you next okay. week or next episode. Mickey McDonald, just for reference, is a an outfielder who is 0 for 4 on the season this year, uh, with a one walk, which or maybe two walks. Yeah, sorry. Mickey McDonald is 0 for 4 with two walks on the season. He's an outfielder, and then Domingo Acevedo. Uh, I believe, is a reliever who I think has pitched a few innings as well. Yeah, Domingo Acevedo this year has pitched eight and two-thirds innings. So not a not like a super insignificant guy. This is like a real baseball player who's on a real baseball team. Oh, good for him. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for, li- for listening to our Confessions episode of Base Calls. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Base Calls Pod, and we hope to have you back for the next episode. Jake Cronenworth hit his first home run of the season. You guys should be afraid. You guys should be afraid.